Next on BYU Sports Nation, throwing it back on Saturday. BYU football unveils a new retro look and a field to match. Can you dig it? After the first quarter of the college football season, your BYU stat leaders and if those trends will last through December. Plus, is BYU playing with house money on Saturday? Will that help the Cougars get to 3-1? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live once again, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, September 18th, wherever and however you're connected. It's great to have you with us, my friends. Alongside a man who enjoys himself a good pair of tube socks, Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. (laughs) Yeah, tube socks. Um, Very excited with BYU's new uniform. And apparently the, the detail on all of this stuff is pretty intense all the way down to, to finding the tube socks, like the original manufacturer that made those socks decades ago. Yeah. Whatever happened to tube socks in general, like the dual stripe at the top. Oh yeah. That was the thing in the eighties and even part of the nineties. Well, and it, it started in the seventies and yeah, like late 70s, early 80s, that was the look. The tube socks all the way up below the knee, <laughs> the short shorts, the half mesh shirt, and and, uh, and the headband. That was the workout look in the 80s. Well, it's not a true throwback. It's actually called a throwback. This, this is a real thing because it's inspired by a retro look, but it's obviously yes. catered to all of the new tech and... Uh, how it fits with the players and all the new designs. Yeah. Did you know that there are tube socks? There are some socks that people claim to be tube socks that are not actual tube socks. I did a little history on tube socks. Of course you did. Because why not? Of course you did. Really? The only true tube sock. <laughs> there is no definition in the foot. It's a, it, it is all just a tube. That's why it's called a tube sock. <laughs> there can be no definition in the foot at all. You see some now where you can see kind of the outline of where your foot goes and your heel. And uh-huh. that's not a tube sock. <laughs> a tube sock has to be just like a tube. <laughs> and then it just fits over your foot. Ladies and gentlemen, tube sock historian. Look, when Jason we Shepherd. prepare for this show, it's not just sports. <laughs> we go into detail to give you the information that you're going to want to talk about now, along with or that not. tube sock history. Here's the rest of today's show lineup. Former BYU wide receiver, current BYU radio sideline reporter, and the star man, Mitchell Jurgens. Does BYU have enough depth to stun another ranked team this Saturday? The big kicker on campus, Jason, Jake Oldroyd, or Goldroyd, or Jake the Make, goes <laughs> undercover athlete with between the lines. And my one-on-one with BYU linebacker Peyton Wilgar, why he almost didn't play in Provo, this season. Whoa. Bring on your Wednesday headlines. We mentioned the new retro uniforms for BYU football this Saturday, but there is also a game as the Cougars host 22nd ranked Washington. BYU head coach Kalani Satake says he respects the Huskies, obviously, but it's still more about what his BYU team can do. As much as we know and respect our opponents, this focus has got to be on us um, playing at our best and making sure that that 
we're executing at a high level and playing the style of football that BYU should be more than than who the opponent is. Watch Countdown to Kickoff 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time on BYU TV. The game televised nationally, live on ABC or ESPN2, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific. Hashtag Skycam. At 6-0 on the season, BYU Women's Soccer now ranked 7th in the nation. The Cougars are in Kansas for two games this week, beginning with number 14, Kansas, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and then Kansas State on Saturday night at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Both games can be heard on BYU Radio. The BYU men's cross-country team still ranked number 2 in the latest USTF CCCA coaches poll, leading the charge. Connor Mance named the West Coast Conference Runner of the Week after winning the Autumn Classic 7.5-kilometer course. Time of 21 minutes, 12 seconds, and 300s. The BYU women's cross-country team and Coach Diljeet Taylor ranked number 6 in the nation. College basketball insider Andy Katz announced via Twitter that he thinks BYU and Pepperdine will challenge Gonzaga and St. Mary's and contend for the WCC title this season. Katz said that if BYU can survive without Yoli Childs in their first nine games, quote, this BYU team has plenty to get them into the NCAA tournament under Mark Pope, end Okay, quote. pull up your tube socks, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU's Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of the first quarter in the 2019 college football season. Three games down, nine to go Is in the crazy regular season. crazy to think we're already at the quarter mark? <sighs> it's been fun, hasn't it? It has been fun. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of the numbers in just a moment, but to paraphrase your leaders... Not surprisingly, Zach Wilson leading the way for BYU passing. Tyson Williams is your rushing leader. Micah Simon leading the way for the receivers. And Kavika Fanua is your tackling leader. Again, we'll have the numbers in just a moment. But, Jason, when I say those four names, are you surprised by any of those BYU statistical leaders after the first quarter? Um, a, a little. Certainly not with, with Zach. I mean, that's that's what we expected from, from Zach. Um, in terms of receiving, I think we all expected Matt Bushman to be the team's leading receiver, but Micah Simon has been fantastic. And, and clearly opposing defenses are going into a game plan with the objective of keeping Bushman from going off. And, and Micah has been such a reliable guy, especially getting those first downs. And I think I said last week that at the time, I was probably 60-40 that Micah finishes the year as the top receiver. I'm willing to up that right now, up to maybe 70-30. I've been really impressed with Micah and, and what he's accomplished so far this year. While I'm not surprised that Tyson Williams leads the team in rushing, I am a little surprised by how much. I assumed we would see more of Lopini Katoa and Emmanuel Isupa, and I know he was you know, trying to get healthy to, to begin be the year. It would be more a committee approach. Yeah, exactly. But Tyson far and away has carried the bulk of the load, 242 yards. The next running back is Isupa with 34 Lopini and Emmanuel have 15 carries combined in the three games. Tyson has 42. And by the way, he's earned that. So I'm, I'm not surprised that he leads the team in, in yards. I'm a little surprised that there's not more carries around. But again, Tyson's earned that. And then definitely surprised with Kavika Fanua leading the leading tackler. We weren't even sure he was going to be playing this year or even at that position. So the fact that he's been able to do that's been been pretty impressive. I would say look out for Diane. Diane's behind him. I'd say look out for Diane to maybe get some tackles by, by maybe by the end of the year. But right now, Kavika's been fantastic. He's playing all out. There have been a couple of pleasant surprises. Yeah, on the offensive side, Micah Simon. 
uh, with his big game in the win against Tennessee. I mean, he had seven catches, 127 yards, of course, the unforgettable 64-yarder. So, yeah, he's been a pleasant surprise. 210 yards receiving through the first three games. He's on pace for 840. Think about that. Like, if Micah Simon had 840 yards receiving after the San Diego State game going into a bowl game where a big game would give him a 1,000 yards receiving, that's crazy. Okay, So, for me, I'm like, can they keep up the pace? Yeah, there are some prizes, but can they keep up the pace? I don't know that BYU is going to have a receiver that gets close to 1,000. 800, maybe. And I still think Matt Bushman's going to be the guy, and he'll come on at some point. Teams... We'll start to understand that he's a decoy and that they'll have to defend somebody else, whether it's Micah Simon or Aleva Hefo or Gunnar Romney or Talon Shumway. And there are a lot of weapons for Zach Wilson to throw to. So I don't know if the pace continues, but it'd be nice because it's been a very, very long time since BYU had a 1,000-yard receiver and a 1,000-yard rusher. And those two in the same season, holy cow, you've got to go way back, which takes store stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last time BYU had a 1,000-yard rusher and receiver in the same season, 2008. Austin Colley, 1,538 yards receiving. Best individual season ever for a BYU receiver. And rushing with Harvey Unga, who ran for 1,153 all-timers combined with Max Hall and Dennis <laughs> yeah. Pitta was on that team. Yeah, those two are who are where I immediately went when I thought of the question. But I thought maybe with Jamal and um, now completely Cody Hoffman sure. with Jamal and Cody that maybe there was maybe that we saw that then. But the fact that it's 2008 that that's that hey, would be impressive to be able to get season. that some. Some other numbers I want you to keep in mind. Zach Wilson on pace for 28.80 passing. Tyson Williams on pace for 9.44 rushing. And Kavika Fanua, your leading tackler, on pace for 60. I think that some BYU player will have more than 60 tackles. That's going to happen. Topic number two. With so much talk about the first four games of the season, we've done a couple of shows on that, uh, most believed that for BYU to reach that eight wins or better mark this season, they were going to have to start at least two and two in the first four games against the P5 teams. Well, at two and one, that has already happened. <laughs> so Spencer's BYU playing with house money on Saturday against Washington. Absolutely. Unequivocally, really? yes, BYU is playing with house money on Saturday. Are you surprised? I am a little surprised you're going this way. BYU is absolutely playing with house money on Saturday. Who expected BYU to go 2-1 and one in the first three? Like, what credible national expert said, yep, BYU's winning two of the no, first no, no, three but, market But down. right now, after you, – you go ahead and finish. I've got my ideas on this. Yes, BYU is playing with house money, and this is to their advantage. BYU should play loose because of this dynamic. They're a five-and-a-half-point underdog to a really good 22nd-ranked Washington team. The Huskies are expected to win. I love this scenario. Game day is going to come on, and all four of the analysts are going to pick Washington to beat BYU again because that's what happens, and BYU should take the same mentality that they have into the Tennessee game and the USC game, and even the Utah game for that matter. As a clear underdog, yes, BYU has already exceeded expectations in the first three. They should play with house money. And listen to this. If Washington does win, great. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, they're supposed to win the game. Five and a half point favorite. Yeah, they're the defending Pac-12 champions. If they lose, 
then BYU's story as the national surprise continues. They they become an overnight darling at three and one and get into the top twenty, and then the conversation begins. Well, if BYU beats USC and Washington and Tennessee all in a row, who's going to beat the Cougars the rest of the season? Then it becomes a huge story. I understand what people were saying before. My point is now at two and one, I I don't think that you are playing with house. What? That, that is a luxury that fans and media can have. The team can't have that because here's how I would interpret playing with house money, that the edge is off, like that we don't need this. Like we've, we've already done, we're satisfied. That's not how I view this BYU team, and that's not how they view this Washington game. That's how I look at the term playing with house money, is that they don't feel they need it, that they've already done something. That's not how this team is looking at it. They absolutely believe that they are going to go out and beat Washington this week. And I think especially with the way they've been playing and the types of games they've won, the way they won at Tennessee, the way they were just fighting tooth and nail last week against USC, I think that lends for them to be even more hungry against Washington to keep this thing going. So when I think of playing with house money, I look at that as being satisfied and this really? BYU team is not satisfied. See, I don't view it as a complacency thing at See, all. See, I view it as that, and that's why I'm saying BYU absolutely is not that. They are no, not complacent. No, I am taking this literally to the bank. If I'm a BYU <laughs> coach, I'm in all of my players here saying they still don't believe in you. They still think you're an underdog. It doesn't matter that you won at Tennessee. It doesn't matter they beat USC. They think you're a fluke. I am plugging that, playing that all week long in my players' ears. Oh, so it's interesting that you take – that house money definition, a very, very yeah. different direction. I don't think it's complacent at all. I just think they can play loose. The pressure's off. The pressure's off. On to topic three. Look good, feel good, play good, Jason. BYU is implementing that philosophy this week with the throwback uniform honoring the 60s the and back. 70s, the fullback, yes. and a field to match. What is your reaction now that you've had essentially 24 hours to think about these uniforms and the field to come on Saturday? It's the same thing when I originally saw it. I was super impressed and excited. I love this. Look, BYU for the most part, and I understand why, because their logo is is fairly iconic. I mean, it's very recognizable. Everything stays pretty consistent in terms of that. So you don't see a lot of variations. So the mere fact that there's just a little bit of a change is very exciting. Then you actually look at the design and the fact that it's, it's throwing back to decades ago. I love the look. I love the white and the royal. And, and, and the helmet, I think, is fantastic. I'll tell you the thing I'm most excited about is the design in the end zones. I absolutely love that design so much so that I think that could become a signature look for BYU. Like, like what Tennessee has with the checker. I, I think that's something that BYU could keep in, moving forward, and that would be a, something that would set Lavelle Edwards Stadium apart with that look. I love it. See, I think that, as, yeah, as interesting as the throwback uniforms are, if BYU could implement different field designs each and every week, that would keep things very interesting. I like the skinny, big block letters that BYU played with when they beat Miami when right. Ty Detmer was the quarterback. Or sometimes when you paint the B and the Y and the U in, in that navy blue to give it that look, and there's a navy blue Y that's painted in the middle of the field. I like that stuff. I, I like changing it up. But here's the thing. As great as it is to have new uniforms and a wide out, 
and as aesthetically pleasing as it's all going to be, the real juice in the stadium comes from winning. Sure. And fans are going to show up because BYU has beaten Tennessee and they have beaten USC, and now they have a chance at Washington. Here's the other, here's the other, real, real quick on this. You and I growing up, things pretty much stayed the same. You didn't see a lot of variations. Every, uniforms pretty much stayed the same. Today's generation, they like things changing. Look, I mean, Oregon is a perfect example, and I think they take it too far with all of their combinations. But everybody loves the, the uniform changes and things changing every year or two. That's just the way this generation likes to have sports and the apparel of sports for it to be constantly changing. I think it looks really cool. Yeah. You need it in moderation. You just need it in moderation. Did I sound really old there calling it this generation? (laughs) Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. You people that like to switch up your unis question of the day. What do you think about the BYU throwback uniforms and field for Saturday's game? Let's go to voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At NickLee51 answers on Twitter. Love all of the little details throwing it back to the 1960s. The block Y, the gray face mask, the field art, the concessions and festivities. It's going to be fantastic. I mean, it's as as exciting as it is. Let me reiterate. The whiteout, the uniforms, the field, really fun, right? Really fun fan experience. What matters most is the juice that the fans will bring to the game because BYU has won back-to-back games. Like, this is all just dressing for what BYU has actually accomplished on the field. We'll see if they can continue that. And because they're not playing with house, with house money because they're not complacent. Oh, they too, they're not complacent, but you, you're not a gambler. <laughs> and neither am I. I'm not a I gambler. Think I have a better understanding of what playing with house money means. We have two different interpretations <laughs> of it. Coming up, undercover athlete with Jake Oldroyd. Do people not know Jake Oldroyd? We're going to find out in between the lines. But next, Mitchell Jurgens, the star man, BYU wide receiver and now radio analyst. Is depth a concern going into the Washington game? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch BYU football with Kalani Satake today following BYU Sports Nation right here on BYU TV as Coach Satake discusses the game against USC and then previews the matchup with Washington with player guest Kyrus Tonga. Great interview with Kyrus last night. He's such a great guy. Live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Tube Sock General Jason <laughs> Shepard. I am Spencer Lynch. Did I not impress you with the Tube Sock knowledge? Well, you you did something, that's for sure. I don't know if it's impressed me, but you did something. (laughs) Do you own true tube socks based off of the definition I gave you, or are they faux tube socks? I think I own a pair of real tube socks. They're game socks. They're BYU football game socks. Is those the ones from Johnny Linehan that he gave you? Yes. Like those... There's a little bit of an impression, but not not your usual okay. sock. So okay. maybe, I don't know if that qualifies. I still can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> Let's switch it up right now and bring in former BYU wide receiver, current BYU football sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens, the star man himself. Mitchell, nice to have you back on the show. It's good to be here. It's been a while. I, it has been a while. Do you want to get in on the tube sock conversation or should we go somewhere else? I've, I've got tube socks. Like I love tube, tube socks. socks. True tube I've got, socks. Well, the, well, I mean, like you said, so Johnny gave you some socks. Mm-hmm. We got tube socks every week. I mean, we had we had the old school socks okay. that Mick would hand out, you know, 
And I love the tube socks. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for you to show up on Saturday with your tube socks. <laughs> I put them over the uh, put them over the pant leg. If, if I get if if I get the tube socks with the royal stripes uh-huh. that we saw in the the preview. Oh yeah, you might do it. I'll wear them. Okay. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think of the uh, the the uniforms that oh. uh, in the field that everybody will see on Saturday? I'm jealous. I, I mean, I I wish I could have played in those unis. I mean, there's there's something. It, it's true. You look good. You play good. I've always I've loved that you know philosophy and mentality. And so if I could put those those uniforms on, I mean that's I'm super jealous. But it's gonna look it's gonna look awesome. Well, you've experienced a wideout yeah. scenario. In fact, it was probably your highest moment as a BYU Cougar. The yeah. catch against yeah. Boise State against a ranked team. And by the way, that Boise State team was ranked number twenty two, and in comes oh. number twenty two oh. Washington on Saturday. How much of a difference does something like that make for the players and the team when you look up and you see the wideout and, and the juice that that creates? Well, the, the experience, I love the fan experience. I mean, coming at home, playing with um, just a home crowd where everyone's loud, it does. Every time I stepped onto the field when, you know, in the beginning of the season, it, when it gets cold, we start to see the fans start to dwindle a little bit. Um, but early in the season when it's packed, the, I mean, BYU, they're 2-1 and one off two big wins. It's gonna be, there's going to be a lot of energy. And when you put on those new uniforms, step on that new field, it's, they're going to have you know, adrenaline like they've never had before. And so I'm, I'm just super pumped to see the intensity of the fire that they play with because it's going to happen. Did you, uh, when you left the stadium last Saturday, did you have to go and just kind of sit by yourself after being around that many people? Like, have, you, have you recovered from the mosh pit that was the field after that game? Um, I have, it was, it was interesting. So I, I remember, you know, everyone starts coming in and the first thing I start to worry about is my equipment. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine to get bumped and, you know, and bruised along the way with everyone coming in. But I was like, I've got to protect this, you know, this precious equipment. And I mean, there was no, there was no protecting it though. I mean, it was, it was so crowded, but yeah, such a cool experience. At least you're not Greg Rebell in 1990, <laughs> uh, Protecting the jetpack, yeah, the right? jet pack, pounds <laughs> of equipment around you, looking like the Rocketeer. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. Hey, Mitchell Jurgens with us on BYU Sports Nation. Admittedly, after the two wins against Power Five teams, Tennessee and USC, yes, excitement is high. The juice is high. It's great to be a BYU fan right now. I'm looking at the BYU roster and wondering how healthy are they? Are they nicked up? Because three very physical football games. Should we be concerned about? Roster depth going into this Washington game specifically. Yeah, so I mean, there, there's always a concern when you've got your top guys banged up, and and because they do, they provide a lot of value on the field. But one of the things that I actually took away from this last game, which was very impressive, was as much as BYU platooned, especially on the defensive side, they did their job, and we saw guys that I didn't even see on the depth chart that were getting playing time, and they stepped in and did their job, which you go to the end of last season against Utah uh, when we finished the season there, and, and we saw the significant, um, I guess, gap between your ones and twos and then the threes and fours that had to come in when there were injuries, and, and they didn't perform as well. So what I, what I did love against this USC team that we saw is with the depth, um, I mean, you, you had your threes and fours come in, and they did their job. They performed, and so there wasn't as significant of a gap. Now, with that said, if guys, if more guys start dropping like flies, I mean, we're we're gonna see um, we're gonna see a difference um, that that's not gonna play in BYU's favor. But from what I've seen so far, 
I mean, the, the guys are stepping up, and, and, and that's what you want to see to compete. One of the things the defense, especially last game, did a really nice job of was creating turnovers. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the ball, one of the things that was great to see was that there were no turnovers again, and not surprisingly, BYU gets the win, not turning the ball over on offense. After such a rough start against Utah in terms of turnovers, what do you think has been the key for BYU playing mistake-free football on offense? Yeah, so the, uh, the first credit I want to give is going to go to Zach. I mean, he's been so smart with the football. We've seen a number of times where he's gotten pressured. He's, I mean, he, what he's done with his feet is pretty impressive to escape pressure. But it's after that that I've been really impressed with as he's got his eyes down the field. And instead, I mean, he'll hit the, hit the receiver if he's open. But if not, he's fine to take off and, and get maybe one to two yards. We saw him throw the ball away a couple of times and so he's being very smart with the football which which is huge and the second thing last game we had zero drops from the receivers and you know you see a lot of you know interceptions and turnovers come from tipped balls um balls coming you know maybe too hot and it goes through the receiver's hands and then into another defender and so that's something that's been huge is when receivers have got had a chance to corral the ball and secure it they've done it and they did that last week so two big things Zach playing smart and the receivers catching the football okay so the offense definitely holding up their part and speaking of injuries I mean I'm looking at the linebackers and the secondary Chaz Ayu came out the field late he was banged up Isaiah Kafusi banged up Kavika Fanua, I think, is likely to play, but he's a little nicked up. And then the secondary, Zane Anderson didn't play last week. I don't know when or if he's going to play at any point the rest of this season. And then Sawyer Powell also nicked up. So at what point, at what point do we say, "Mm, this is, okay, this is, this is a problem? Well, I think you have to look at it also matchup based. Going against Washington, this this is, you know, if I'm going to express some concern, it's going to be this week against Washington. You look at their numbers that they've put up consistently over these three games, and they're averaging, I think it's 450 yards of total offense, putting up 39 points a game. I mean, that's that's a very high-powered offense. And when you look at the depth and the or the injury concerns that we have with the defensive side of the ball, from a matchup standpoint, there is area of concern with this with this matchup, but once again, I mean, it's it's a next man up policy, and if guys want to prove that they're capable to play, you know, on a on BYU this D one team, then they've got to show up and and prove that hey, there's not going to be a difference between me and the guy before me. Let me prove that, right? And they need to have that mentality and attitude. The game against Washington last season was not very kind to BYU. How does this year's BYU team match up with the Husky team that'll be here on Saturday? You know, I think I think this is the perfect time to play them. I mean, when you look at the matchup, BYU's coming off of two great wins. There's a lot of energy. We've got them at home. Last week, you know, I was I was at that game, and that hands down has to be one of the loudest stadiums I've ever been in. And so, from a from a you know home field advantage standpoint, Washington clearly had the advantage last year. Just the, the the experience was unreal. I mean, it was so loud. There were third you know third downs, fourth downs that I couldn't hear myself speaking as as I was trying to just you know test the noise of the of the crowd. Um, and now we've got them in our house, and so that's that's a huge advantage. I think um, our offense has has proven that now we can score the ball. I mean, against Utah, we struggled to move the ball, consistent first downs. Um, and then once we get into the end zone or the red zone, 
sorry, blue zone, I should okay, say. Thank okay, you. There thank we go. You. I'm going to correct myself a couple times. Once we got into the blue zone, we couldn't put it into the end zone, couldn't punch it in. Um, but we've seen that change in the last two weeks. And so from this standpoint, Washington, they are susceptible to, you know, they, they didn't play their best game against Cal. And I view us, you know, or BYU as a team that can pull, you know, not the best out of certain teams. Um, and so, I, I mean, I, I love the matchup. I like when we have them. Um, going in two and one, and once again, kind of our backs against the wall. We are the underdog, and I think BYU plays with a chip on the shoulder and, and comes out and overperforms in these types of games. Mitchell Jorgens with us on BYU Sports Nation. This Washington team will play their first road game of the season in Provo. That sounds that sounds familiar, right? In week four, okay, yeah. So it does sound familiar. But you mentioned that BYU's got them on their home field. Up until last week, BYU had kind of been in this weird state of not playing their best football at home. Has one game shifted everything? Is the home field advantage back against a team like Washington? I think so. And and the reason why is I just look at – I'm almost comparing this to last year's. And we go into Washington again, and and my concerns, they'll rise just because of that experience and that atmosphere. And so by bringing them here to Provo, it's only plays in BYU's favor um, because of um, just the magnitude of what that stadium brings and how well they play at home um, for a Washington team. So just comparing the two scenarios, I think, you know, last or this year versus last year, we definitely have the advantage this year. All right, Mitch, great to talk to you, man. Yeah. I hope you're star manning in the end zone hey. as an analyst after <laughs> give, the game. Give me my tube socks and I'll do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Everybody yeah. is smarter today for knowing the history of tube socks. <laughs> I like to feel like I've given everybody a public service. Oh, my. Coming up, this guy right here, Spencer Linton, going one-on-one with linebacker Peyton Wilgard. Yeah, okay. Peyton almost didn't play at BYU this season, people. Like, into the transfer portal. That story next. And Jake Oldroyd goes undercover athlete on Between the Lines. Who doesn't know Jake to make at this point? Get ready for BYU and Washington on Saturday with Countdown to Kickoff. Join Spencer, David, Brian, Dave, and Blaine as the Cougars prepare to host the 22nd-ranked Huskies. Coverage begins at 2.30 Eastern Time, 11.30 a.m. Pacific on BYU TV. That is Countdown to Kickoff. I'm loving the tie-ins to the last time a 22nd-ranked team came to Provo for a wideout. Boise State 2015, now Washington comes as the number 22 team in a wideout on Saturday. You can't make this up, people, okay? (laughs) I don't know why I remember these details, but I do. And if I'm creating false hope, well, too bad. I'm keep. I'm going to keep on doing it. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. BYU football embracing the look good, feel good, play good philosophy. New retro uniforms. The Cougars will wear royal and white unis inspired by the 60s and 70s throwback look for this Saturday's home game against Washington. The field at Lavelle Edwards Stadium will feature a royal blue diamond pattern as well I in the end it. zones. And, of course, the retro white helmet. (coughs) Excuse me. Choked up about this. In the center of the field, watch countdown to kick off 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time on BYU TV. Holy cow, what a weekend approaches. At 6-0 on the season, BYU women's soccer now ranked 7th in the country. The Cougars are in Kansas for two games this week, beginning with number 14 Kansas tomorrow night, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, and then Kansas State Saturday night at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, both games on BYU Radio. 
The BYU men's cross-country team ranked number two once again in the latest USTF CCCA poll. Leading the charge, Connor Mance named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. He won the Autumn Classic 7.5-kilometer course at the time of just over 21 minutes. The BYU women's cross-country team ranked number six in the nation. College basketball insider Andy Katz announced via Twitter that he thinks BYU and Pepperdine will challenge Gonzaga and St. Mary's and contend for the WCC title this season. Katz said that if BYU can survive without Yoli Childs in their first nine games, quote, this BYU team has plenty to get them into the NCAA tournament under Mark Pope, end quote. He is a fan favorite. You probably know him as Jake the Make, Goldroid, or Jake Ice Coldroid. But would you recognize BYU's new star kicker and punter? Hunter, one of the best in the country, without his helmet on, walking around campus, and uh, without his green cleats that became so famous back in 2016. He goes undercover on campus to ask students how they feel about BYU football, and more importantly, the kicking game. Let's go between the lines with Lauren McLean. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. I'm here with Jake Oldroyd, the kicker and punter. The BYU football team, he's having a phenomenal season so far, but we want to go around campus to see how many of these students actually know who he is. We're going to go undercover. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. 32-yard try for Old Roy. And it's good. How's it going, man? You look like a football fan. Yes, sir. Excuse me, ladies. Could I grab a minute of your time? Hey, how's it going? Doing well. Do you mind if I sit in between you guys real quick? Awesome. Excuse me. Yeah, perfect. My name is Johnny Linehan. I'm with BYU TV. Um, we just wanted to grab a couple of your thoughts from the game last Saturday. It was crazy. And did you guys see the USC game? We did, yeah. What were your thoughts? It was a big win, right? Um, yeah, surprised a little bit. Did have, it was a big win. Looks like Utah we're fan, so. Utah fan. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to be talking oh. to you, Rochelle, for the <laughs> remainder of this interview. Okay, just ignore him. Did you watch the BYU-USC football game? Yeah, I was there. Did you storm the field at the end of the game? Yeah. Yeah. How was that? I've, I've never been a part of anything like that. It was pretty crazy. Super exciting. I mean, high five Zach Wilson. Um... Never wash that hand again. That's <laughs> yeah. sacred. Um, it was a good win. You know, we pulled it out in the end. It looked, it looked a little shaky after that first USC drive, but uh, the defense came up big with some picks. You know, we actually have a team, which is nice. Yeah. I just wish we'd <laughs> played that well against Utah. Believe it or not, we've always had a team. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, with regards to BYU special teams? I really don't know a lot about that, honestly. <laughs> well, yeah, most people don't really realize that, you know, special teams is one of the most integral parts of uh, every football game. I mean, we have a kicker, finally, so that's really exciting. Uh, you, do you know his name? I actually don't. <laughs> do you guys know uh, anything about the kicker, punter? I think his name's Jake. Not personally. Sorry. Nothing. Shoot. It's okay. Usually he's always wearing a helmet. So, what about the name uh, Jake Oldroyd? Does that ring any bells for you? Yes, he's the punter, kicker. Both, actually. Wow, good for you. Did you know that, David? Or sure did. You just, you just know the Utah kickers. <laughs> he went three for four on field goals. I mean, I'll take that any day. Honestly, I've been really impressed with our kicker, especially with that last kick in overtime. I was really worried it was, you know, going a little out, but he pulled it through. Put a little bit of a draw on it. Looked like he kind of did that on purpose. He kicked like a 43-yard field goal. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Most people wouldn't know that. Have you heard of any of the nicknames that, that people have been giving him that's been kind of a hot topic lately? No, I haven't, actually. What are they? Um, Jake the Make. Goldroid. I like that one. Ice Coldroid. That's good, too. Um, Goldroid. 
swole droid, whatever you want that rhymes with droid. I think I've heard Golderoid as well. I think that one's pretty sick. Golderoid, that's pretty dope, yeah. Jake the Make doesn't really you know, roll off the tongue quite as well. Swole Droid. I can go all day. I don't really like any of them. Thanks for your time, man. My name's Jake Goldroid. You're, you're Jake Goldroid. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. Yeah. Brigham. Brigham, that's right. Okay. Jake. Jake, yeah. Jake the Mac. <laughs> Jake Goldroid, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, great game, man. That was good. <laughs> My name's Jake Goldroid. Oh, nice really? to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. My name's Jake Goldroid. Nice to meet you. <laughs> So I guess you do know who I am. I know exactly who you are. I watched your first kick. I was so excited. First kick as in like of this year or? When you were a freshman and had your green shoes. She knows. (laughs) Yes. Love it. All right. Thanks. (laughs) Really appreciate it. Jake, I'm pretty sure you just met your your biggest fan ever, Sydney. <laughs> that was awesome. First person that had reacted like that of everybody that we talked to today. But So you mentioned a bunch of your nicknames. Which one do you actually like of all those? On the record, I don't like Jake the Make, and I've never liked Jake the Make. Who made up Jake the Make? Do you know? I think Greg Rebell first, when he called my first game, said it. But no, no offense to Greg. No offense, Greg. No. I don't really feel like I need a nickname, but if I had to pick one, I like Ice Cold Droid. Um... The strength coaches have called me Swole Droid for a while, but I don't know if that needs to leave the weight room. <laughs> What's your one final message to the fans? <laughs> the fans are loyal. Like the the people that we've talked to so far have been great. I you know really appreciative of the the student section. They come out every week, and we hear them. So keep coming, and we're excited to hear them on Saturday. All right, go Cougs! Jake, <laughs> Ice Cold Droid. I'm surprised that's the one he I we were under the impression from uh Mama Ice Cold Droid that he liked Gold Droid. He likes Ice Cold Droid. Okay. Which well, is my favorite for the record. I, I was kind of going with Gold Droid. Okay. He's really funny. He oh is really funny. Well done, Jake. And and to be able to throw the shade at the Ute fan in there, I'm going to talk to her. That was great. <laughs> That's really fun. On the way, our rise and shout-outs, plus Jason, Peyton Wilgar. May not have heard of him before this season. Everybody knows him after that interception against USC. Why he almost didn't play football at BYU. That's next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The best BYU Sports Nation airs Saturdays at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU Radio and is on the podcast feed featuring the best conversations and interviews each week from BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to the show with our question of the day. What do you think about the BYU throwback or faux-back uniforms and field set for this Saturday's game against Washington? At 33, Gregorio on Twitter says, I love it. Probably too much. I'm giddy like a kid at Christmas. I'm stoked for the uniforms. I'm stoked for that field. Hashtag BYUSN. Will it make a difference when Washington steps on that field? The crowd made a difference against USC. Yes, it absolutely did. Um, Look, that's something that's more for the fans to be able to get excited about. And certainly the, the players love wearing that stuff. 
what it what it does on the field, I'm sure it has really no bearing. But in terms of getting the crowd excited and into it and maybe a little louder, I, I could see that happening. BYU freshman linebacker Peyton Wilgar got the fans excited against USC with one of the more notable plays against the Trojans, a full-on extension interception. I discussed that and much more, including how he almost didn't come to BYU. And he was in the transfer portal at one point. One-on-one BYU Sports Nation All-Access with Peyton Wilgar. Peyton, I'm having visions of you doing a full extension and coming up with one of the more notable interceptions that I can remember in BYU football recent history. Walk us through that play and what happened against USC. Um, yeah, so first off, i got to give credit to the scout team and, and Coach Lamb. You know, they prepared us all week, gave us a great look. And so they came out and spread doubles, and I think it was like third and six. So they came out and spread doubles, and they motioned the boundary slot over to spread trips. And right then I knew I was going to have a chance to make a play because I'm, I'm sure they are going to run slants or some hitches at the stick. So they hiked the ball, and I saw the quarterback look directly to his right, and I was sliding out to my coverage, and I saw him throw, and I just made a play on the ball. So, I mean, that's all it really was. So You knew it was a catch immediately, though? There was no review necessary? Yeah, I didn't even know they were reviewing it. Like I, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I thought I made a good play on the ball, and so I just was celebrating with my teammates, and I went over to the bench, and I looked up, and I saw that they reviewed it, and, and it stood, so that made me really happy. <laughs> What was the message from your teammates and uh, your coaches when you got back to the sideline, knowing that you guys needed a play in the worst way in that moment? Yeah, they were just super excited for me, happy for me. And, you know, I'm just grateful that my teammates trusted me, you know, and just to do my job, I trust them to do theirs. So, I mean, that's all it really was. You have an emerging role in this defense uh, for whatever the reason. Uh, you, you made a name for yourself in fall camp, and then the linebackers have been banged up a little bit. So, I mean, if I told you this time last year that you were going to be basically starting and playing that much against USC, what would you have thought of that? Honestly, I, I mean, I wouldn't really believe it. You know, it's a dream come true to, to play in a big game like that, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I had. And so, yeah, if you told me that, I probably would not believe you. What does a win like that do for you individually in your confidence and the process moving forward? Yeah, it gives me a lot of confidence, really. I mean, and also with my teammates trusting me, that gives me more confidence, too, to just go out and do my job and trust that they do theirs. What was the scheme against USC? Because dropping eight and only rushing three yet, you're still getting to the quarterback. Like, what, what was the plan? Walk us through that. Yeah, so we knew they were an air raid team, so we knew they were going to come out passing. And we just, we just trust in our D-line. You know, they're going to get pressure. They're, they're great up there. And so we felt like we could drop eight and cause some problems, and then that's what we did. You've seen the film. Where do you feel like you and the linebackers specifically need to get better? Um, we can always improve on everything, really. Pass and, and run game and all that. Our, our alignment and techniques, those towards the end of the game, they kind of got a little messed up, you know, with fatigue and stuff. So we can always improve on really everything. Now, what's crazy is you beat Tennessee on the road, you come home and you handle 24th ranked USC, you turn around the next week and here comes number 22 Washington, the defending Pac 12 champions. What do you know about Washington after watching film? You know, they're a great team. We're going to come out just treating it like another game, though, prepare like, like nothing happened. doesn't matter if we beat USC. We're coming out. You know, we know they're a good team, and we're just going to give them our best. What are your responsibilities, and, and who else is going to be in that linebacking core with you this Saturday? You know, I'm not sure. You'll have to ask Coach. We got, we, we're going to try to get some guys healing up and stuff, so that's really a coach uh, question for a coach, you know. Where would you prefer to play? What's your favorite linebacker position? Oh, man, that's tough. I mean, I played outside in high school, outside linebacker my senior year, and I kind of enjoy it more a little bit. It's a little like you got more space. You don't have to deal with the big guys as much. But I, I really enjoy the jack linebacker position too, so that's tough. But if I had to choose, probably outside. 
Walk us through your timeline of when you decided on BYU and since that time to now this day. So it's always been a dream to mine to come to BYU. My dad played here in the 70s, and so that was always my goal, you know. And then coming out of high school, I didn't have an offer here. You know, I just had a few smaller schools, but luckily, great, I'm grateful they gave me a preferred walk-on spot, so I, I took it and I came here. And it, it got a little tough in the fall, so I ended up trying to transfer. And luckily, uh, Coach Tuiaki extended a scholarship for me in the spring, and, and I, there was no question I was coming back. Wow, and if it wasn't BYU and you were going to transfer, what, what was the second-place school? Honestly, just anywhere I could get a scholarship, you know, that, that's, that was where I was going to go. So really, when I told you that you would be playing USC and coming with that interception, that, there's more to that story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, okay, so you look at where you are now. What's the ceiling for a guy like Peyton Wilgar? I don't know, yeah. That's tough, but, yeah. Yep. What does this defense need to do to get better as a whole unit? Because, I mean, you're, you're coming off in a game where you're plus three in turnover margin. Yeah, just, just trust everyone to do their job. If everyone does their jobs, I think we'll make a lot of plays, cause some turnovers and, and everything else. Who deserves the title of uh, practice clown or class clown on this BYU defense? Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> we all like, we focus on just in practice having fun. You know, it makes practice go by faster. They celebrate the little victories, the little details. So really everyone's out here having fun, and we just enjoy everyone. Ed Lamb is an outstanding coach um, and one of our favorites on BYU Sports Nation just because of his attention to detail. What's the number one thing you think you've learned from Ed Lamb? Just to do the small things correctly, alignment, uh, technique, and all that. He, he, he really preaches that stuff, and it, it matters. It really does. How much did the crowd impact what happened last Saturday against USC? Oh, they were amazing. You know, just having them there, just helping out, making it cause problems for the offense with their snaps and, and they're trying to hear the quarterback and all that. So they were amazing. They are awesome. And how would you sum up uh, just the feelings that you have to go play USC and now Washington back-to-back in Lavelle Edwards Stadium? I'm beyond excited. I'm so, so excited to get out there again and just play with my brothers, you know, and, and try to make plays. Or can we expect another full extension uh, type interception on Saturday? I, I don't know. I'll do whatever I can. You know, that was just instinct. And so if I get the opportunity, I'll, I'll make the most of it. Well, you have the BYU Sports Nation karma now. And if you're not familiar with that, when you come on the show, we interview you. You're already a good player, and that's why we're talking to you, amazingly. Um, but that you had that, just that little bit of extra push, that karma push to go out and do well. So we wish you the best of luck, Peyton. So much. I appreciate that. Peyton Wilgar. Isn't everybody happy to have him at BYU now? What a great story. That's an awesome story. Another top 15 matchup for BYU women's soccer. And a rising shout-out to one of the newest members of BYU Sports Nation. I think he used to be a volunteer fan. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Shout-out to today's guest, Mitchell Jurgens, Jake Ice, Coldroid, and linebacker Peyton Wilgar. The show on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. The Cougars will wear royal and white uniforms inspired by the 60s and 70s throwback look for this Saturday's home game against number 22 Washington. The field at Lavelle Edwards Stadium will also feature a royal blue and white diamond pattern in the end zones. It's awesome. And a retro white helmet in the center of the field. Soccer. 
BYU women's soccer now ranked number seven in the entire country. The Cougars in Kansas for two games this week, beginning with a showdown at number 14, Kansas, tomorrow night, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, and then Kansas State. Jason Shepard on the call for that Saturday night, also at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Cross country. On my way to Manhattan. Kansas. Yep. The BYU men's cross-country team still ranked number two in the latest USTFCCCA coaches poll. Leading the charge, Connor Mance named the WCC runner of the week after winning the Autumn Classic uh, 7.5 kilometer course with a time of 21-12.3. The BYU women's cross-country team ranked sixth in the nation, by the way. Golf. BYU women's golf finished tied for ninth at the Washington State Cougar Cup yesterday. Junior Naomi Suifua shot into the top 15 with a score of one under par. The Cougs tee off again this Monday in the Coeur d'Alene Resort Collegiate Invitational. Good luck to the ladies. Today's rise and shout-outs. Jason, for me, I'm giving it to a Tennessee fan on Twitter who is being flown out along with his parents. He's 17 years old. His name is Ryan. He does uniform designs. He made his way into the hearts of BYU fans, and they raised money for him on Venmo. Like, we're talking almost $1,300 to fly he and his parents out for the Boise State game. That's awesome. This is the power of BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. Outstanding. I'm, I'm going to stick with uniforms for my rise and shout-out. I'm going to giving it to, to those at BYU that designed the look of the unis yeah. and the feel. I, I think it's such a clean, cool-looking look. And, and, and again, I, I've tweeted about it since yesterday. I love that diamond patterning in the end zone. I would love to see that made a, a permanent thing. That's Tube awesome. Socks. Tube socks. Tube socks for the win. Our question of the day. What do you think about the BYU throwback uniforms and field for Saturday's game? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Intrepidus89 on Twitter says, old meets new and a glorious reunion. <laughs> Royally remarkable with the emphasis on royal. Yes, I like it. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What would you pay for a pair of those tube socks? Um, I would pay $10. <laughs> but again, I'm cheap. So. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> a tube sock guy, I'll need a 10. Oh, I thought you were at least going to go 20. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Ty Detmer, who will be in attendance on Saturday. Stay tuned for Kalani Satake's show next.